Oopsla Podcast Episode 8, Domain-Specific Modeling. The Oopsla Podcast brings you up to speed on topics covered at this year's Oopsla Conference, which takes place in October 2007 in Montreal, Canada. For more information, visit the conference website at oopsla.org. The Oopsla Podcast is co-produced with Software Engineering Radio and with Dibsum Thinking. I'm Daniel Steinberg, your host for this episode. We talked to Joha Peketolvenen via Skype about a workshop he's leading at Oopsla 2007 on domain-specific modeling. We talked about the process and benefits of creating a domain-specific model. Tolvenen looked back at last year's Oopsla workshop and talked about what he's hoping for this year. My name is Joha Peketolvenen. I'm uh, working in a company, Metacase, and uh, I'm a CEO of the company. What's keeping me up in the morning is uh, how we how we can basically uh, fundamentally improve the productivity, the speed of software development. And this we do by not writing every piece of code character by character with a keyboard, but rather generating that from higher level models. And this is something what we call domain-specific modeling. And every application domain has different kind of language. So if we are making a mobile phone, or loaning application in the bank, obviously we need to design those applications differently. And we do this by using different kind of modeling languages as well. And then we have also different kind of code generators to produce the code, because obviously the code must perform very differently in embedded device or in some kind of web service in a bank. First step is create the modeling language, domain-specific modeling language. We basically create something what we call a meta model. So we establish the vocabulary and terminology for that application domain. So if it would be, let's say, insurance company, and they would like to specify different kind of insurance products, they would speak about risks, accidents, bonuses, liabilities, payments, and so forth. Those would be the concepts of the modeling language. We, uh, the uh, domain experts who know the problem domain they would use the terminology they already know. They wouldn't be using, let's say, C or UML, because they don't know that. And C or UML is not particularly suitable for, let's say, insurance, specifying insurance products. But rather they can use the terminology they already know, which has already uh, well-established semantics. And then the second step we do is build a code generator that takes the high-level domain-specific model and translates that to some implementation language like C or Java. So we are basically making a kind of compiler, but um, today or let's say in the past 20 years, the abstraction has not been more really raised with the programming languages. So uh, productivity increase with Java or C Sharp are very little more than let's say in C or BASIC. But the product increase was very fundamental when people moved from Assembler to Fortran or from Assembler to C. Now we are looking at similar kind of experience in terms of productivity when we can move from languages like UML or languages like C Sharp to domain-specific languages. The um, papers in the Uxla workshop on domain-specific modeling basically shows that the productivity can be increased from 500 to 1,000 percent from the current practices. And we don't necessarily spe speak here speed only. It means also quality. 
there is some papers which basically show that the quality in the products that we build, build by generating have half of the errors that we do have in traditional development when everything is done manually. Partly it is because the, the most typical errors don't anymore happen simply because the modeling language knows the rules of the domain so you can't make a designs which are illegal. Let's say if I stick with this insurance product domain whenever we specify an application we should always have someone who pays for the insurance otherwise it's a very bad insurance product. But with UML or with C I can easily make an insurance product which never has anyone who is going to be a customer of that. And obviously then we have an error later on that we need to test that, by the way, we created a product which no one will ever buy. But if we have a sort of characteristic defined to the language, we can then be sure that the, uh, it's a valid and, and sensible uh, product specification that we have created. So the models become easy to read, but partly because the people who created this language define the language syntax and semantics so that whenever we define an insurance product there must be someone who buys them. It would be nice to create them ready so that, that they can be used immediately but typically they, the whole process is incremental that we first add some concept to the language and then we try them out and then continue and add their more language concepts once until the, the application domain is, is completely covered. And only after that it can be then piloted and put into production use. And typically later on when the domain changes or people find out that let's say we can create totally new kind of inferences now, then they need to extend the modeling language to cover extended inference specifications. Let's say we have different kind of bonuses, bonus categories where we have currently only now one. Those kind of extensions can be done very easily. So in that respect it's incremental language evolves all the time. Domain-specific languages are very a re relatively old term, some, something from 70s or 80s, and it normally means then that you need to be, have a textual language and then you make your own compiler or interpreter for that language. And uh, whereas in domain-specific modeling, of course you have graphical models, uh, but then you are generating existing languages. So you don't need, need to necessarily have the compiler at all, like, like uh, modeling insurance products and then generating existing uh, code for the existing compilers or, or interpreters. Let's say we could generate Java or, or C Sharp from the same language, domain-specific modeling language. Most of the testing is done by the few people who create the language and generator. For instance, we need to have a certain naming policy for variables. We can then in a modeling language create the model so that whenever someone creates an element it must have a name or the name must always start with a capital. And already at the modeling time when the model is created this can be tested. And the modeling language can have also rules so if someone tries to make an illegal uh, specification the language knows that no, no, you can't make a, such a design. So ideally speaking, if you can make a specification, it will work. And you can't create a, such a specification which won't work. And the more we can put these um, checkings, the, the, the more we obviously test earlier. And as we know, the earlier we can test, 
or prevent errors to happen, the cheaper it is. So the traditional idea of that quality is that we add more and more testing at the end is not valid here. The, the idea in domain-specific modeling is that we do better quality if few expert persons make the modeling language and generator so that others don't need to do so much testing or remember all the things, all the domain rules. If, if I stick again with the example of insurance product, we specify the vocabulary and terminology to these language concepts, like we have a bonus and liability and risks and accidents and payments, and then we consider what kind of connections make sensible. And then this language is given for the language users, they could be insurance people now, insurance experts, who then specify different kind of insurance products by using these terms that we already created or specified. And they instantiated these concepts into their model. So we basically create a meta model, which is the language, which others are then using. Just like, let's say, OMG created UML for every person, basically, or more universal. We do it in an, into narrow domains. And because we go into narrow domains, then code generation becomes also possible, full code generation, so that we don't need to touch the generated code afterwards. There are some cases where, where actually the um, domain-specific language looks like more like a layout. Uh, it can be graphical, so that it looks like a picture, or it can look a matrix, or a table, or textual code, or or let's say game field. A domestic language for making games, for instance, could look like a, a field game field. That what kind of uh, elements in the game you have and where they are located and how they behave. In, in traditionally, every company basically built their own tools from the scratch, and that lead this possibility only for large companies. For instance, in embedded area, there is a typical that the embedded um, manufacturers of embedded hardware also provide the tools for making the software on the on the embedded hardware. Whereas uh, the recently the um, meta model based tools allow relatively quickly, which means in days or weeks, to build the modeling language and code generator. And then there are ready tools. And the workshop on domestic modeling is also partly on the tools on what kind of tools we should have for those who create the languages for others. We have the last um, last year 40 papers, 40, 40 uh, participants and 22-25 papers and it was a little bit challenging to keep the workshop nature of Uppsala, meaning have a paper presentations and then also group work and um, we expect to get uh, 20 papers this year as well but we're also looking for demonstrations on any particular language or generator or the ready tool that the authors have been working with. So then we can have something concrete to demonstrate. We have had uh, such demonstrations also in the, in the past. And what was extremely interesting last year was that maybe 60% of the papers were more experienced papers. So people have been building these language and generators and they came and, and demonstrated how they work or discuss the issues that they had while, while creating these languages and generators. Well, we, we feel that the um, domain-specific 
creating domain-specific languages and generators is especially relevant for the chief architects and principal engineers, lead developers in, in, in software development projects. That, that, that is the type of uh, audience we are looking, experienced developers. Some people have said in the workshop in the past that, okay, first time I saw that I created the model which I could use for something useful, which means that the model was not just for sketching. And quite an eye-opener for many people is to see that they draw a model and now they can execute it. So they can generate useful code out of the model. And we hope to, to with these demonstrations, we hope to, to be able to show for people something concrete. And so the first point is that now they can see, so seeing is believing kind of thing, that they can see, that, okay, actually it works. They have heard of it, but now it, they can see that it works. And the, the more advanced people who have been building this, they can basically share their experiences on the, uh, on the code generation patterns or ways how they create their languages from each other. I guess one of the things that we have been quite surprised with the domain-specific modeling is that there has been such a wide spectrum of different domains where people have been using these. Our own background comes from administrative IT systems, but then we have seen that there have been a relatively large number of people who come from embedded area, and there is also even paper from nuclear physics and from chemical processes. So non-IT, non-computer related at all. And, and shows that the, uh, there's a potential for also other areas than on pure pure computer systems. But basically we are looking most companies which do already now uh, modeling for full code generation would like to share their experiences on that. M most typical is that the client is in, in full, full charge of the whole process because they know their coding requirements, they know their domain much better than any person outside the company. Uh, I guess in general in this workshop we feel that there's no tool vendor who can normally go to, to a company and say that, by the way, this is how you should do your software. Typically the expert developers in that company already know, know it. And now they can automate others' work as well. By building modeling language and code generators, they can leverage their expertise for the rest of the team members. So in that respect, this is not, not about selling any particular tool or any, any particular consulting force as, at, at all. Most successful uh, domain-specific modeling languages are appropriately internal. And the reason is that the languages and generators can then be better, can m better meet the requirements in that company. However, Let's say if we have a modeling language for mobile phones in one company, and then we would like to move it to another company, they could have a lot of similarities, but we have found out that there is also very, very fundamental differences on, for example, how they would like that their programming generated code looks like. And then uh, they could uh, modify the generator, but keep, let's say, keep the modeling language almost as it is. However, companies who are in, in a competition, they don't no, no normally want, want to show their modeling language for others. So uh, most of these languages are appropriate. However, there are also some industry consortiums, let's say like in um, Autosar, in automotive, or AADL in, 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 um, in the US, in the same field 
which are basically uh, creating a common meta models and common languages for industry wide. And obviously, they are not then proprietary. They they want to share them. They want that every people in the same community use the same vocabulary with the same meanings. But with these kind of languages, they there's more difficulty to generate code. They are typically architecture description languages or other similar languages which describe only the static aspects of the software, not the behavior side, which is needed to generate executable code. Uh, but while I was looking, what I like in Ukla, uh for me, the, uh, what makes Oopsla very nice is the nice mix of people, both researchers and industry people. Coming from Europe, many of the conferences are totally either-or. There is no such a nice mixture which Oopsla provides. Joha Pekatovinen is leading the domain-specific modeling workshop at Oopsla 2007. Thank you for listening to the Oopsla podcast. If you want to know more about the Oopsla conference or if you want to get additional Oopsla podcast episodes, visit the conference website at oopsla.org. This episode, as well as the other episodes of the Oopsla podcast, are licensed under a Creative Commons license. The intro and outro music is by a band called The Plugs. The song is called Go East.